0: up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast. 800-405-2561. 800-405-2561. 800-405-2561. That's 800-405-2561.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, It's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Fascinating. For over 30 years and still your inside look into boxing and mixed martial arts.
2: What the hell's going on out here?
1: Heard live around the world and brought to you by the World Boxing Organization. Yeah. And now, live from the Ring Talk Studios in San Francisco, here's the host of the longest running fight show in history. Down goes Frazier! Down goes Frazier! And Foreman is as poised as can be! Pedro Fernandez.
3: <laughs> Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, emanating from the sports bylines, SB Nation Studios in the city by the bay, San Francisco, California. Yes, the man was correct. My name is Pedro Fernandez. I have, for 34 years now, been the undisputed, undefeated heavyweight champion of the radio race, folks. Often imitated, but (laughs) unfortunately, never duplicated. Straight up, we have open phone lines around the planet. Guess who we've got this hour? Aaron Snow, that's right, the man that was in Mike Tyson's corner when he melted down in Tokyo, that's right, the great champion, trainer Aaron Snow, now being inducted to the uh, the Hall of Fame, I think in 2018, 2019, forget what year it was, but the bottom line is, we're going to have Aaron here, we'll talk boxing, boxing history, and of course, man, Aaron knows it like, like nobody else, man, he's been there, he was in the corner, he was in the corner with Mike Tyson, various athletes, of course over his illustrious career, but we'll talk with Aaron Stone in depth at about 20 minutes past the hour. Now, there have been some boxing over the weekend. Of course, Michelle, uh, Michael Belcher was the winner in a WBC 135-pound title fight. For the most part, boxing's been a quiet weekend, but guess what? The USC was hot. It was rocking and rolling. USC 221 coming to you from Perth, Australia. Straight up. The, uh, the hometown guy got licked like a stamp. I'm talking about Mark Hunt. The throwing Samoan man, did he get beat up bad. At the end of the day, Curtis Razorblades Blades is a heavyweight to deal with in the world of the UFC. Once again, open phone lines around the planet. one 800 878 that's one 800 878 750 Or, or, or the Guilt-Free No Commitment Text line. 415 415- 275-1613. That's 415-275-1613. You are tuning to Ring Talk Live Worldwide on Sports Byline and SB Nation Radio.
4: Here comes the decision now. Let's listen
3: clarity in the world of professional boxing is spelled wbo that's right the world boxing organization is boxing's only transparent sanctioned body you can follow the wbo on facebook or check out their website wboboxing.com that's wboboxing.com the world boxing organization he done it. We have a new
2: the world.
4: hey travelers do you want to save money on your next flight then pick up the phone and call that's right
5: 5-1. If you love fantasy but need to be a part of the action,
6: there's a better way to play, and it's live. WinView Games is the only app that lets you make live props when the game is on TV, compete against other sports fans, talk trash, and if you're right, win cash with an immediate payout each quarter. Playing WinView is easy. During each game, props are sent straight to your phone. So what are you waiting for? Go to winviewgames.com slash predict to start cashing in on your sports IQ. That's winviewgames.com slash predict. WinView Games. When the game is on, it's on.
7: You want to say Cassius Clay, when Howard yes. Cosell and everybody is calling Muhammad Ali, then why you got to be the one of all people who's color to keep saying
8: Cassius Clay? My name is Muhammad Ali, and you will announce it right there in the center of that ring after the fight if you don't do it now.
1: Now, more of ring talk with Pedro
3: Fernandez. He is the greatest fighter of all times next to me. It's Len Berry, if I remember you me correctly, you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Of course, you're inside looking at the world of boxing and MMA this hour. This hour, we'll talk a little boxing. Of course, Aaron snowley the trainer of champions, coming up at about 22, 23 minutes past the hour. Of course, we're looking forward to that. Hum! I'm looking forward to, like, the welterweight sort of getting it together here, man. we talked about this in the past, but this is really, I think, the division in which we'll set boxing off our Yes. The heavyweight division will set the will 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 plant the uh, plant the seeds in new boxing fans' minds. Okay, it will will plant the seeds in new in the minds of new boxing fans because they'll they'll gravitate to the heavyweight championship. In other words, when they have a char- charismatic heavyweight champion or a very dominant heavyweight champion, especially if he can speak English speak English and do it well, unlike Klitschko. Um, It'll be successful. I think that he will transform boxing Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder. Those are the two guys. One's a 2008 Olympic bronze medalist with a limited amateur background, and one's a 2012 Olympic gold medalist with a limited, limited amateur background. One's got 20 fights. One's got 40 fights. Of course, Wilder looking to go 50-0. That's what, at, least, at least what he's talking about, breaking Marciano's record, everybody else's record. But at the end of the day, I think March the 3rd, he's going to have his um his hands full, whether or not, Luis King Kong Ortiz is on steroids or not. Of course, he's tested positive not once but twice. And when you test positive once, you sort of tick me off to the point where I think he should be banned. Okay? But when you test positive twice, man, that just sort of like pushes me into the, the banned room, and I don't want to come out. I just don't. I don't want to come out of the room. If you test positive twice... For anabolic steroids or performance-enhancing drugs in combat sports—you should be banned forever. Because guess what? You're not. Hit, I'll say it again: you're not hitting a baseball, you're not hitting a golf ball, you're not breaking a swimming record. You're trying to knock somebody's head off, and that's just not cool. Giving somebody an extra hand—that's think about it like that. I mean, it's it's an extra weapon. Manny Pacquiao, of course, I always pointed my finger at him. The fact that he could recover as fast as he did—I mean, he recovered in the blink of an eye. I'm telling you, it was all about. Like, you know, a minute, minute, five, minute, ten. Usually a guy, when he gets up off the stool, he's like, got his, his breathing controlled. But when he sits down, so a lot of times he had, a, you know, a, a, a fast round of time before, and he's deep in a fight, he's huffing and puffing. But Manny would huff and puff for like ten seconds. Then the huffing and puffing was over. And he was recovered in his corner, and he was getting off the school. And guys like Miguel Cotto, well-schooled, no doubt about that, conditioned, uh, pretty good fighter, and more world-class, no doubt about that. Miguel Cotto's thinking to himself, how in the hell is this guy getting stronger? The guy that started off at 107 three-quarter pounds. How could this guy be fighting me at 145 pounds and be beating me up like he is? Well, I think he did it with the uh, help of Flintstone Vitamins. It's just my opinion. So I'm of the opinion that Ortiz should probably be disqualified. But, you know, the WBC gave him a pass, I believe, uh, uh, on the uh, on the second steroid test. They said... There's like there's a little gray area here, and the gray area is he's got high blood pressure, and if you got high blood pressure, you could take the steroid masking the the stuff that masks the fact that you are taking steroids. In other words, it, it works in the same manner. In other words, sort of like um, uh, uh, what was the big blue pill? Of course, that the, the guys were taking for sex, and and then of course it came along that that, that it was started off as a blood drug to make your blood circulate throughout your body, okay? And who didn't know it would bring you to an erection, but obviously that was a side effect of that, and they made a whole lot of money on that drug. Anyway, the bottom line is, at the end of the day, performance handy drugs just aren't cool, especially not in combat sports. So Luis Ortiz, um, I guess they're testing him like crazy. More power to him now, but, you know, the testing in the past is probably what was more important because I think the guys build up to a point where, you know, they use these steroids and to build them, put muscle on and put put lean muscle on, things like that. He's sort of a fat guy. He's one of those guys that's really not the trimmest guy in the entire world. So I could see him taking diuretics and things like that in order to try to get his weight down. because He's going to be a fat guy. Not the most disciplined guy on the planet, but very, very skilled. And he's left-handed as well. Of course, that is the southpaw, Luis King Kong Ortiz. March the 3rd, taking on Deontay Wilder. Unbeaten now, I believe 40-0 with uh, like 39 knockouts. And, of course, that's going down March the 3rd. Live on Showtime from the Barclays Center, the home of the Brooklyn Nets in New York City. Open phone lines. Do you want to talk boxing? MMA, you can. We're talking this for, for two hours here on Sports Byline, SB Nation Radio. one eight hundred eight seven eight. 878 play That's one eight hundred eight seven eight seven five two nine. 878 7529 Of course, we'll have Aaron Snow coming up, uh, I guess, in about five minutes here on the uh, show. And, of course, Aaron, the man that was with Mike Tyson when it all broke down. Man, February 1990, the meltdown. I mean, you know all the highs, all the incredible highs he's been through in his entire career. He's got to look back at that day and say, "Man, that was just that was just not not a good day, not not a great day for Aaron, but not a great day for Mike Tyson, of course." Mike going into that fight with James Buster Douglas not in the best of uh, condition, both mentally and or physically. And of course, physically, he was dropped by I believe was it Jameson, but the uh, Bob Roberts, one of the one of the, a guy named Jameson that fought out of a. Uh, San Jose, California was one of his sparring partners. He dropped him, and he was like a a journeyman. And Greg Page had had been pounding him up in the gym pretty good. Of course, Greg Page being brought in to emulate the style of the soon-to-become heavyweight champion of the world, James of Buster Douglas. The biggest meltdown, the biggest upset in boxing history, without a doubt, of course, sports history, it ranks up there maybe in the top five upsets of all time. I don't know. I'm not a sports nut to that extent, but I'm telling you, 40-to-1 underdog, James Buster Douglas captured the world heavyweight championship by knocking out Mike Tyson in February of 1990. Of course, Mike Tyson would come back, have his issues as far as jail was concerned, spent a couple of years in jail. And of course, for a, for a rape that I wasn't all that convinced he was guilty of, but then again, I wasn't part of the jury, but I did read the transcripts. Nobody else read the transcripts. I read the transcripts. Okay. And part of the transcripts, of course, alluded to the fact that, you know, they were making out on the bed and this kind of stuff. And she was, having some ish female issues and she went in and put this female pad that she was wearing on the sink board and in the bathroom when they came out. So the one thing that was preventing, preventing her from having sex with Mike Tyson, she eliminated. And, and I mean at least as far as reasonable doubt in the jury's concerned. But of course the, the, the uh while the jurors heard that, they the, the 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 attorney was some tax attorney that Don King hired. I can't remember the guy's name now, but he was a tax attorney and he just Mike just got really, really bad representation, ended up going to jail in Indiana, not for one year, but for two. Bottom line is, did he do it? He sort of alludes that he did. I mean, when you hear in the interviews with Tyson about that, he sort of cagey you about it. Sometimes you say, well, maybe, yeah, maybe so. Who really knows? Open phone lines around the planet, 1-800-878-PLAY. That's 1-800-878-7529. Of course, this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Emanating from the sports byline, SB Nation Studios in the city by the bay, San Francisco, California. Of course, my name is Pedro Fernandez, hour number one of two. Of course, hour number two, we're highlighting USC 221, baby. That's right. Get a hold of this guy, Yoel Romero, 40 years old. Man, he can fight. You're tuning to Ring Talk Live Worldwide.
8: so you just
7: said that until recently you've never been faithful so you weren't faithful to robin either. oh no 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 and no, no. your second wife, were you faithful there no, no no no
1: now more of ring talk with pedro fernandez well you
12: have to talk to my lawyer on that one
3: 23, make it 24 minutes past the hour. you tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Of course, I've got on the line, folks, the Hall of Famer, of course, from the East Coast. I'm talking about Mr. Aaron Stolen. Aaron, a very good day to you, sir. How are you and the family? Oh, good, good. How are you doing, Pat, Joe? That's good. Easy. Don't have to scream. You're talking into a cell phone. Um, yeah. Anyway, you know what? I tried, the, I tried to get a hold of Don King this morning, and he wasn't answering the phone. But I can't try to get him on the cell. He wasn't answering that either. But he's got a couple fights coming up, and I I think it's so cool to have him back in the game, man.
12: Oh, yeah, man. It's always, you know, a great promoter like him, a Hall of Famer, an all-time great, you know, at his age, man, to do it like he was doing it, man. It takes a lot of energy for all of them years to be on the top of your game for over 30 years, to be the leader, the pioneer in pay-per-view, uh, TV contracts the amount of champions he had. You know, Don King probably had one champion in every state of the United States of America, and then he probably had a champion he made from uh, all the countries all over the world. Okay, so, okay, you know, the list is long, fine, but distinguished. You okay. Know, it's, it's always great to see somebody like that uh, back doing something that they love.
3: All right, here I set you up for something because I'm going to take you down a road that you know a little bit about now. Jack Johnson, of course, a former World Heavyweight Champion, the man that has not yet been pardoned. He hasn't been pardoned yet, has he?
12: No, he hasn't been pardoned yet, uh, but we're working on it. Mike okay. Tyson led the cry about being uh, uh, pardoned with the Obama administration. You know, a lot of people have tried, but, you know, hopefully Donald Trump is a man who's a boxing guy. And... uh maybe he can see something that the rest of him didn't see because uh, he's always going against the grain. And it's something
3: like this. Hey, Aaron, 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 yeah. guess what? You're breaking up here. My producer's going to call you right back. Aaron Snow is our guest, folks. Of course, the trainer extraordinaire of guys like Mike Tyson, Tim Austin, Frankie Randall, of course, the first man to beat Julio Cesar Chavez. That's right. Not only did he, wow, he was involved, of course, on the negative side of the Mike Tyson busted Douglas upset. But that Frankie Randall, Julio Cesar Chavez upset, and Randall beat him not once but twice. The second time, they just stole it from him, man. They went in there. They took a gun, put it to Frankie Randall's head, say, give me back that belt. He had to give back the WBC belt. I kid you not. Julio Cesar Chavez, if I remember, yeah, I do remember this right. Uh, Their heads clashed, and he turned around, and he quit right in the middle of the ring. He quit right then and there. That's right. Hey, Aaron, the the night that Chavez quit against Randall in that second fight, How did they justify that?
12: Well, I I don't know how they justified it, but I know that at the end of the day, Frankie Randall wasn't champion of the world.
3: Um, There was
12: a lot of mistakes, and I hate to talk about a veteran referee like Mills Lane, but uh, Mills had made an error, and the rest of them after that, Dr. Flipper Mansky and those guys, they conceded with the error that that Mills Lane did, but you know hey you can't cry over spilt milk you take a lick it and keep
3: on picking. no no because I think that that I think that night changed a, life I think that night changed the life of Frankie Randall unlike any other night beyond birth I really do I think that night was was a was was a night that that changed Frankie Randall's life and not for the better I really don't think so because you know they weren't looking to give him another fight right away either no they weren't
12: and and it, and it did change his life. Uh, the same kind of thing would happen with uh, Tim those Bad decisions like that, you know, after guys work hard and that they don't, they become mad and angry and feel like the whole world's against them. Uh, when stuff like that uh, happens, and uh, after that, you know, Frankie won other titles against Walmart Martin Kogi, who was a seven-year, eight-year reigning champion from the WBA. He fought him a couple of times. A similar thing happened with him he won the title off on the they called for an immediate rematch uh, down in Miami they butted heads and at the end of the day Juan Kobe ended up with the title we had to go down to uh Buenos Aires and uh get that title from him so you know um it, it was a lot going on with Frankie Randall and boy oh boy that Chavez thing really set him back yeah
3: Juan Koji was a guy who, of course held that WA title for a long time. I studied him and studied him and studied him and I felt that deep down in my I watched him fight one time in, in person. I thought I could have beat him. I really thought I could have beat him. Anyway, changing the subject from Koji to Jack Johnson. Now you brought up the fact that Donald you brought up Donald Trump, him being a boxing guy. Well, I think Donald Trump's a racist, whether he's a boxing guy or not, and whether Don King sleeps with him or not, I still think he's 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 a, a I'll be truthful, a punk-ass president. Anybody who wants to side with the KKK and say that they're good people on the side uh, uh, when the KKK is demonstrating here in 2017 is just, just not my kind of guy. Anyway, here's what I'm leading to. Jack Johnson, if he'd have been playing around with white women he was champion right now, could you imagine how crazy everybody would be going? <laughs> you,
12: you, got, you, you got that right, uh, Pedro. Um, Jack Johnson was way, way, way ahead of his time in terms of walk, talk, and the whole bit, man. Jack Johnson was just a phenomenal uh, fighter, athlete, especially more a human being. a business uh,
3: You know what, Aaron, Aaron, and I'm down with all that, Aaron, in which you're writing a press release for him, and I didn't last yet. I asked you how would they react, and you you skipped the question. You went off like a politician on me here. Okay, you okay. Get, let you, me
12: get
3: back. Okay, all right. Let me get, get get back to the question now. Now, if Jack Johnson was as brazen as he was, wearing his cup, you know what I'm talking about, wearing his cup, and or in training, and or going out with white women and taking them, well, even if it was across state lines, the way the way the feelings are in the country right now, man, he might be getting a lot, getting a lot of death threats.
12: Uh, yeah, but you know, to take women, a uh, uh, white woman across state line, the woman uh, ended up being his wife, and he was—he did. His first wife was black, so, but and uh, the first one that he married was white, and she was very wealthy. Uh, he married her; she was from Pittsburgh. Um, she was she was a very wealthy woman. They don't talk about that, and uh, she just had a thing for Jack Johnson. And uh, Jack Johnson, she saw him, and he, he saw her, and they up getting married. So, to, he, you know, uh, that's to say something about Jack Johnson. You know, he don't lo- love him and leave him alone. All right. He loves him and then marries him.
3: Back to the question. How would Jack Johnson be received in 2017, 2018 with President Trump and his boys in charge?
12: Uh, American icon. You... 'Cause when
3: Jack Johnson fought Well you try we time, time out time out. out are you trying uh-huh. to tell uh-huh. me that are you uh-huh. trying wait time out time out Aaron Are you trying to tell me that a man that calls a bunch of people punks for kneeling during the national anthem to protest police violence against people of color in this country? You trying to tell me that he's an icon and he's gonna back Jack Johnson if Jack Johnson's carrying white women all around the country no. right now? Uh, no no no
12: I, I didn't say Donald Trump is is an icon. He he may, he may be. I'm talking about Jack Johnson is American icon, he won the heavyweight championship for America, represent America when he beat Burns, like it or not, he was born in America, he won the title when America didn't have it, Jack Jackson, he was an American icon, and you it, see, there's two different ways to look at this, you know, when Americans didn't have a champion, he helped inspire uh, a lot of downtrodden and in the porn, the one's kicked to the side. That didn't have the opportunity at that time to do that. So he was an American, so why not American icon? You know, people came no, out on the streets. You know, there was a lot of different things happening. There mm. was riots and things like that no, no, because n- uh, of uh, him winning. But still in all you know some people I'm,
3: hated him and some people loved him That's- i'm i'm still i'm i'm going back to, and, and, and you know what you just you just gave me a historical fi- picture of jack johnson no doubt about it he's an icon and i'll say it again how would he be accepted in today's world if he was heavyweight champion and being as bold as he was work, working his cup in training Dating white women as, as bold as he was and things like that. If he was as bold as that in 1910, imagine him in 2018. How would he be accepted? Would he be accepted? That's the that's what I'm asking you. Would, would Trump and his people accept this yeah, dude? How
12: would he be accepted today? The young ones would call him Big Macaroni to the Bone. You know what I mean? They would call him uh, yeah, man. The, 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 you know they would all use all of these. He's pimping it. You know what I mean? They'd use all kinds of language for what he was doing He was bold and brass at that time, and he would be bold bold, bold and even brasser in this age. How, you know
3: uh, how, how, all right here's we'll get we'll stick with this, the subject of Jack Johnson era. How did a guy train for thirty rounds hard
12: uh, you know, <laughs> is it um, is that <laughs> you know, if you it, it, hard and long. If you look at Jack Johnson, in terms of cross-training and all of these fitness components, Jack Johnson, Jack Dempsey, uh, Jeffries, all of them, if you look at them, they were using medicine balls, man. They were uh, using weights at the time. you got to remember, Pedro, the dumbbell was invented by a heavyweight champion. And they used those different things. They used to use rocks, put it in their hands. You know, calisthenics exercise. Mm. And if you look, Jack Johnson then said he was so strong, they tied a bull rope on one arm, a bull rope on the other arm, and had two quarter horses run the opposite way, and he held them in place.
3: Wow. That's amazing. Hey, you brought up Juan Koji a little earlier. Do you remember when Juan Koji got knocked out in South America and the Luisa Spada came over and picked him up off the canvas? Actually picked him up during the count, drug him back to the corner. Do you remember that fight? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I mean, remember that fight? That was. uh, Cozy was involved in some shady stuff, but it was always Luisa Spada. Of course, Spada handled Duran in the uh, in the in the waning years of Duran's career. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Anyway, you are tuned to the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Of course, this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. We're going to talk heavyweights with my man, Aaron Snow, afterwards. I'm going to go through the top 10. Tell me what the pluses and the minuses are from a trainer and an expert trainer at that point of view. Of course, Mr. Hall of Fame himself, Aaron Snow, is our guest. Open phone lines around the planet 1 800 878 Play. That's 1 800 878 7529. I reached out to Don King this morning. He ain't answering the phone. Don, pick it up. It's Pedro. You tune to Ring Talk Live Worldwide on Sports Byline and SB Nation Radio Sports. Dr.
11: Fernandez,
12: outside call on line nine. Dr. Fernandez, outside call on line nine. Well, I anticipated I wanted to see every part. But I knew love would be.
0: Fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. If you're one of the millions of Americans who can't work because of a serious injury or illness, you may be eligible for disability benefits from Social Security. Receiving benefits is your right. It doesn't matter if you've applied before and the government has said no. Let the experienced attorneys at Bill Gordon and Associates help you get the Social Security disability you deserve. Their team of attorneys have been fighting for benefits for people just like you for over 20 years. And best of all, they There's no fee until you receive your benefits. There are many conditions that make you eligible, including some you may not even be aware of. So if you're disabled and unable to work, call Bill Gordon and Associates today for your free no obligation consultation. See if you qualify for the Social Security benefits you need and deserve. 800 443 4996. 800 443 4996. That's 800 443 4996. Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003.
1: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
2: I'm just ready to get it on and crush this guy's skull.
3: Papa was a rolling stone, baby. That's right, Dennis Edwards and the Temptations. Uh, Emmanuel Stewart introduced me to Dennis Edwards in the 1990s in, uh, in Detroit one night. We were kicking his house. It was so cool, man. Emmanuel would invite people over to the crib. I mean, like, you know, or we'd go over to somebody's house. It was like, where are we going? He goes, well, how'd you want, you want to meet this guy? I remember I wanted to meet Levi Stubbs, who was the lead singer of the Four Tops he died. but he was, uh, had a stroke and things like that, but he was still you know still still working a little bit like that still trying to sing and although he had some medical difficulties anyway, he set up this interview with Levi Stubbs was supposed to go down and the day that Levi was supposed to, I was supposed to get together, he didn't feel good Of course I left Detroit the next day. one of my several jaunts in the Motor city got to spend time with the great Emmanuel Stewart man. It was just so cool staying in his crib. he had a house. Check this out. His house was so cool that um well I'll tell you okay, the Supremes lived across the street. In other words, Diana Ross lived right across the street from Emmanuel Stewart. I kid you not. And the other two Supremes lived down the street, uh, Mary Wilson and Florence Ballard, on the same street. I kid you not. All three Supremes lived on the same street. Now, this was the same street in which, after Diana Ross left and moved to Hollywood, I mean, who wants to live in the snow when you live in Hollywood? So she moved off to Hollywood and started doing her thing when Motown went west. And, of course, they sold the house to none other than former heavyweight champion Leon Spinks. That's right, Leon Spinks. The man, of course, it was the... Heavyweight champion for just a minute when he upset Muhammad Ali, of course, for that title back in 1977, 78, somewhere around there. Anyway, the bottom line is Spinks became champion, bought this house across the street from Emmanuel Stewart. So one night, Emmanuel's kicking it at the house, and I think he was married at that point in time, I think, because he, he brings up his wife in the story. And Emmanuel hears all this violence coming from across the street, I mean, from coming from what used to be Diana's house, which is now Leon Spinks' house. And he hears somebody, I mean, getting... <clears throat> The snot beat out of him. I mean, just like the tar beat out. of him. I mean, people screaming for their lives. You've never heard anybody scream that bad. Oh my God! In agony, it was like It was like a slaughter was taking place. it us take place. Check this out. So when he, so Emmanuel grabs his gun and his wife says, No, no, no! Where are you going? So she puts the gun down. So he goes over there and he sneaks around to the back door again of Leon Spinks' house, which is right across street from his house in Detroit. Okay, so he sneaks around the back door and he hears, oh, help me, help me. me." Bam, bam, bam. All this violence going on. And he's here. You can hear crying, all this kind of stuff. So Emmanuel looks through the screen door and it's Leon Spinks on his back and his big fat wife. I shouldn't say that. I should say his large wife. or How do they say it these days? Big boned wife. Anyway, she was sitting on top of his chest and her girlfriend was beating him on the head with a frying pan. I kid you not. And Emmanuel said, hey, what are you doing, this and that? What are you doing? And she goes, AMF, you want some of this? And Emmanuel said, no, and he went home. So Leon Spinks, if you wonder why he's got the brain damage he has, it's not from boxing, it's from that night his wife and, and, her, and her girlfriend almost beat him to death with a frying pan in the kitchen there in Detroit. Anyway, did you catch your tail end of that story there, Aaron? Yeah, uh, that's a funny uh, story, but
12: that's it. A-
3: that sounds like a true one. yeah well that a blew that blew that one at me one night we were kicking it, and that was so funny anyway let's let us go. go let us go through the heavyweights, of course, the current top ten heavyweights let's go through Anthony Joshua first. 20 and oh. Give me the pluses and the minuses real quick on Mr. Joshua. Well, uh the plus is
12: that he's charismatic uh he, he's olympian, uh he can punch um he's good for the game uh, overall. Some bad points, uh, he has to watch and be careful uh, that um, he goes more in the fitness area in terms of lifting weights and all of that other stuff instead of uh, keep on working fundamental drills and things uh, that will sharpen his tools uh, for boxing. Are you he tr- will constantly improve. It.
3: Are you implying that he has a kind of body that can get heavy with lactic acid during a fight?
12: Yeah, he it, it, he has to make sure that he has a long, engated muscle instead of a, a weightlifter type of muscle, which is um, heavy, big, and bulky. And that will slow him down. At, at times, that's what happened to a Vander Holyfield. You know, he would get so bulked, uh, bulked up that he couldn't fire the shots that he need, need needed, you know? Because, okay. you know, every time you throw a punch, the muscle rips, uh just like you're lifting a weight, and it expands. So, you know, with elongated muscle, it's geared for the firing off of your muscle by throwing punches. And um, that's what... Uh, Anthony
3: Joshua has to work on. Hall of Fame trainer uh, Aaron Snow is our guest host. Joshua of course, 20-0. He's 28 years old. Deontay Wilder, 32 years old, 39-0, of course, out of uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, the boxing hotbed that it is. Um, what are the pluses and minuses regarding Mr. Wilder? Um, the pluses are
12: that he's a, uh, a devastating puncher. Um, that's his pluses. Uh, his minuses is that he has a little image problem when it comes to the fan following, you know, basically uh, who he is and things like that. He's always doing all different types of things. So, you know, the fan can't get a real hook, line, and sinker on him, and and, and that's difficult when they don't know uh, uh, image-wise. And number two, uh, the different injuries that he had you know, uh, up against a big a fight, will those injuries that he suffer come out? Meaning a torn rotator cuff and things like that. Didn't now, he, with he, Anthony Joshua bulking up too much, you know, uh, Wilder may, may need to put just a little more uh, muscle weight on him. You know, he's already a thin guy. He just needs to improve the, in a few areas and hope that Uh, those injuries don't show
3: up. You you know, when I look at two guys, I I look at the two guys, I think the guy from Alabama's got a little bit of street in him, and he's mean.
12: Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I mean. He got a whole bunch of, uh, well, you know, I would call it because he's from Alabama, you know, he's country boy, and uh, those country boy ways comes out. and, And a lot of that, you know the boxing fan; it's not appealing. You know oh. that's why it's hard for fans to latch onto. Eric, okay. he can punch, man. Eric, okay. this, this, you know, that's what's going to make Anthony Joshua and in, and in, um and Wilder fight huge. If both of them get 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 past the guys that they have in front of them, uh, Parker and Ortiz, they're in big fights, man, and oh. they're in tough fights. You this? know, it ain't like they're, they're in a uh, walk in the park. You know, they can get beat,
3: either one of them, uh, in these fights that they have coming up. Aaron, so Aaron, game. Aaron, That's Aaron, 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 Aaron. We're trying to go through 10 fighters, bro. If we go through 10 fighters at this pace, we'll be here until like 9, 9 o'clock tonight. So let's, let's try to step this up a little bit. Joseph Parker, okay. 24-0 out of New Zealand. Of course, he's going to take on Anthony Joshua. He's getting up a lot of height and reach. He had a good amateur pedigree. Does he stand a chance here? Absolutely. He got some he got some good wings
12: underneath his belt and um um with um uh Francois Bolton, Allen Man. Uh he fought guys six sixty four, uh six seven. Uh he's an offensive machine. He throws a lot of punches and he stays busy for a heavyweight.
3: And he's young, he's only twenty six.
12: <laughs> yes.
3: Okay. Now, the other guy, of course, who we were talking about, you brought him up, Luis King Kong Ortiz, 38 years old, 28, no, but he tested positive not once but twice for, you know, maybe performance enhancing drugs, and and Aaron, you and I know, you, we're standing in the corner, okay, and we're watching two guys fight, and when two guys go back to the corner... If they're both in the best of shape, they're both going to recover cardiovascular-wise within a minute, minute and ten seconds, and they get up and they're about the same when they get off the stool. But if you got a guy who's been taking performance-enhancing drugs, and his heart is back in back to normal in 15 or 20 seconds. This is a great advantage over the guy in the other corner, okay? And we're not trying to hit baseballs out of parks here. We're not trying to hit golf balls and break swimming records. We're trying to hurt human beings. So I don't think you should get this added weapon as far as steroids and performance-enhancing drugs are concerned. So once, eh, maybe it's an accident. Twice, I'm not inclined to believe so.
12: Yeah, well, they're saying those sports enhancement drugs come from he has an asthmatic problem and those drugs were given to him by a doctor to help him with his asthmatic problems that he has. So <laughs> he's being monitored on a constant basis through, through a doctor, Yeah, and we'll see how that turns out. But it can happen too early. But You but, know, if they take, if he takes the, that drug away from him, his body gets used to it, will he have the, the stamina and endurance like he used to have? But but and you know that asthmatic problem really come back to him with with a different medicine.
3: You know, so Aaron. We, Aaron. You know I what's so cool about Ortiz is that our key, Ortiz is, is left handed. He can punch and he's offensive. I mean, offensive heavyweights, man. The fact that these, you know, the fact that these four guys you said Parker's a punching machine. The fact that all these four guys are offensive is because it's going to make this exciting once again. We need heavyweights. The throw blows, not heavyweights to stand there and look at each other like the goes.
12: No, well, the Klitschkos the masterful at picking people apart. Manny Stewart was very clever What he taught the goes. He taught them in boxing what they call pick, pick, pick. When you find the opening, let the bomb go. It's the basic, simple way of training guys that can punch half-decent um, you know how to create an opening and drop a right one-two on them, and uh, Manny uh, did a masterful job at teaching them how to do that. Uh, take if a guy takes a step to you, you take one back, and he'll still be in your punching range, but but you'll be out of his punching range.
3: Okay, I'm I'm going to stretch this segment just for a minute here. Keith Thurman and Earl Spence, if they were to roll, who wins?
12: Now, so this Keith
3: up. Keith Thurman twenty eight and zero, and Earl Spence twenty three and zero. Those two guys seem to be the young studs in the welterweight division. Is there an? Does either guy have an advantage right now?
12: Man, I, I call that uh, a, a throwback fight, like a Hearns, uh, a Hearns Haber type of deal. I think both of them are good punches, offensive sounded, sounded, and they don't mind mixing it up. I think it's bullets and gun smoke.
3: Well, wow. Does Jeff Horn fit in this picture, the fact that he beat Manny Pacquiao? Or, or is, is that significant at this point in time, seeing Manny's almost 40?
12: Yeah, well, look, Horn, they're going to underestimate Horn because of his looks. You know what I mean? And, you know, great fighters like that, you just don't come in there and beat a great fighter like Manny Pacquiao like that. They call it controversy or whatever. He did the job that night. What needed to be done to beat him, and and uh, what's going to happen? A lot of people are going to underestimate Horn, and he's going to end up beating a whole bunch of other people because they're going to underestimate. Because you look at him, you do He don't look like he can fight as well as he can fight.
3: Well, and listen, Greg Hogan didn't look like he could fight either. And Emmanuel Stewart bet a million dollars on Jimmy Paul that night to beat Greg Hogan. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. (laughs) Ha! You you, you sound a little. That that bums you out a little bit then. Damn, he lost a million bucks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Listen, Emmanuel played hard, man. People don't realize that. I mean, I don't let out all the secrets I know about Emmanuel Stewart, okay? But but Emmanuel played hard.
12: Yeah, well, he did. He did. You know, hey. if you got it like that, you can play it like that. But when you don't have it like that, you can't play it like that.
3: Good point. Of course, we've got the uh, the Canelo Alvarez Gennady Golovkin rematch coming up. We're going to get you back in a couple of weeks, Aaron. We'll talk that rematch, okay?
12: Oh, I ain't no doubt about it.
3: I'm Aaron, glad
12: they're matching back up.
3: Oh, I, I just want—I I, want to um, congratulate you again on entering the Hall of Fame, man. Say hello to your lovely wife and all the best to you today. All right? All right. Thanks a lot, Pedro. I appreciate you, brother. Way to go out with Aaron Snow, baby. Lilo Richie. You're tuned to Rick Talk Live Worldwide. I can't
8: stand the pain.
3: Girl, I'm leaving
2: you tomorrow. Seems to me, girl, you know I've done all I can. You see, I beg, stole, and I bought yeah, Ooh, that's why I'm easy. I'm easy like Sunday
4: morning.
13: Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp.
15: I went to penitentiary. Gene Wilder. I did a movie. I went to, not me personally. I mean, I went to do a film in penitentiary. Um, and it was I was up there six weeks, Arizona State Penitentiary. It was something. Oh, you're applauding for that? Arizona State Penitentiary, real popular. Oh, man, it was strange because it's like 80% black people. And what's strange about that is that there are no black people in Arizona.
1: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
6: So let it be written. So let it be
3: done. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, white Americans make up 76% of, Ameri- of Arizona's population, of which 59.6% were non-Hispanic. Blacks or African Americans make up 3.4% of the population. 3.4% of the population Takes up eighty percent of the state prison, holy cow! That's something's got to smell a little bit there. I mean, come on, even if even if you're like the most conservative guy in the entire world, there three percent of the population taking eighty percent of the uh the state prison beds. Eh, I got a problem with that. Anyway, hour number two still to come. We're going to talk MMA, of course, the UFC two twenty one in the rearview mirror, of course, coming to you from Perth, Australia. Why did they go to Perth, Australia? Because they thought they could make some money with Robert Whitaker. But Whitaker, of course, the champion. He got hurt. They brought in a second guy, of course, Joel Romero. Of course, Whitaker could just beat him in his last fight, and Romero stunned the entire MMA world by taking out. Wow, I mean, you really? How can I put it? Luke Rockhold came into this fight like the guy. He was slightly favored, but guess what? He went to sleep brutally. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, hour number two of Ring Talk Live Worldwide MMA, upcoming on Sports byline and SB Nation Radio Network next.
10: S. A. Radio News with Rod
9: williams
16: R-
14: Regardless of who runs North Korea... We, we need to be talking to them.
16: The Reverend Franklin Graham thinks what's going on at the Olympics is
14: great. Uh, a country that has nuclear weapons, uh, a country that uh, could create not only havoc on the Korean Peninsula, but that whole region, uh, we need to find ways to, to talk. And I believe when you talk, uh, there's a, we, we can maybe negotiate some of the problems away. Not all of them, but some of them.
16: Dr. Nicole Sapphire of the CDC said one in ten deaths last week stemmed from the flu. We
17: have influenza-like diseases or diagnoses right now, which are mapping where it was with with the swine flu epidemic in 2009, 2010. The amount of people who are being diagnosed with the flu isn't necessarily more than we've seen in the past.
16: Some 700,000 could have to go to the hospital. This is USA Radio News.
18: If you're a CPAP user, soap and water cleaning may leave harmful bacteria, viruses, and mold that can make you sick. That alone will keep you up at night. Until now, SoClean.com is the world's first and only automated, hands-free CPAP cleaner and sanitizer. SoClean kills 99.9% of all CPAP germs without soap, water, harsh chemicals, or even equipment disassembly. And now, you can try it risk-free for 30 days. Call 800-768-0158.
14: SoClean changed the CPAP experience for the better. My health has improved. It's simple to use, and I'm not worried about infections.
18: SoClean's revolutionary design makes it easy to clean your CPAP and protect you against CPAP-related illnesses. Plus, SoClean works with all popular CPAP devices to clean them in minutes. It really is that easy. Don't risk your health. Call SoClean.com now to try it risk-free for 30 days. Call 800-768-0158. This offer won't last. Call now. 800-768-0158. 800-768-0158.
16: Representative Trey Gowdy appeared on Face the Nation to talk about his retirement. He said he has never spoken to President Trump and wants to be a judge.
14: Yeah, I think he, um, look, he beat a really crowded field of qualified people for the for the nomination, and he won an election that no one thought he would win. I have never met or talked to President Trump. I haven't talked to Mike Pence, even though we served together. I was thinking of doing this two years ago, when Tim Scott talked me out of it. Yeah. I just... Um, Tim tried this time, but, but my wife won.
16: Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said Iran stepped way over the line, launching a drone from Syrian territory.
5: This morning, Iran brazenly violated Israel's sovereignty. They dispatched an Iranian drone from Syrian territory into Israel. And this demonstrates that our warnings were 100% correct.
16: USA Radio News.
19: Hi, I'm Wayne Alaroot. I was one of the biggest critics of Obama in the national media. Suddenly, I was under massive IRS attack. So I hired Sam Landis. Sam did an amazing job. We won twice. I didn't owe a penny. Thank you, Sam Landis. Many of you have IRS problems, and you've spent thousands with non-lawyer tax resolution firms. Do yourself a favor. Call Sam Landis for a free consultation. Trust me. Sam Landis is the best. Sam saved my life. Call Sam at 800-WE-HELP-YOU with the letter U. That's toll-free. 800-WE-HELP-YOU with the letter U. 800-WE-HELP-YOU. Spanish police
16: at Madrid's Barajas Airport discovered a group of Chinese passengers had packed in their luggage several hundred pounds of an endangered species of eel. With more, here's USA Radio's Wendy King. The
11: 683 pounds of young eels were to be flown to Asia in the smuggling attempt. About 550 pounds of eels were packed in several boxes to keep them alive until the final destination, according to officials. They were hidden in packages declared as barnacles destined for Vietnam. Later, officials say they found another 130 pounds in suitcases on a Hong Kong-bound flight. For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King.
16: An Ohio police chief breaks down as he discusses the deaths of two of his officers Saturday USA Radio's Chris Barnes with
5: more. Saying they were true American heroes, the chief says. This
13: was their calling.
5: Westerville Police Chief Joe are speaking about 54-year-old officer Anthony Morelli, a 29-year veteran of that force, and 39-year-old Eric Joring, who'd been on the force for 16. They were shot and killed Saturday when they went to a home after police received a 911 hang-up call.
6: As I said, both gave their life and protection
5: of others, and that's what they lived and breathed. The suspect was wounded in a gunfight with other officers and was taken to a hospital. For USA Radio News, I'm Chris Barnes.
16: For USA
19: Radio News, I'm
1: Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Hey, yo. For over 30 years and still, and still, your inside look into boxing and mixed martial arts. You know what? As long as she fights 135 pounds, I don't care if she's injecting a horse demon into her eyeballs. Heard live around the world. And brought to you by the World Boxing Organization. And now, and now, live from the Ring Talk Studios in San Francisco, here's the host of the longest running fight show in history, Pedro Fernandez.
3: Domes y caballeros, bienvenidos. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Mighty Ring Talk Studios. Of course, here in the city by the bay, San Francisco, California, we come to you via sports pylon and SB Nation Radio. Yes, the man was correct. My name is Pedro Fernandez. I am the often-invitated but <laughs> never-duplicated heavyweight champion of the radio airways. Haven't defended that timeline for better than three decades. Straight up today, we're talking mixed martial arts, course. USC two twenty one now in the rear view mirror. Wow, hard to believe, but we'll talk about that in depth. Of course, we'll also hear from the man that that shocked the world. I mean, Yoel Romero, now considered like the premier middleweight outside of Robert Whittaker, Of course, Whitaker beat him in his last fight. It was a decision. But Yoel Romero, 40 years old, did not make the weight for the fight. So Luke Rockhold could have won the title had he won the fight, but he didn't win the fight. He got knocked out brutally. It was a pretty nasty fight. Anyway, the bottom line is we'll hear from a lot of guys, and of course on the USC 221 card. But I'm looking forward to USC 222. And why? Because I think we're showcasing the most brutal fighter in all of mixed martial arts right now. And it's not a man. It's a woman. I'm talking about Chris Cyborg Santos taking on Yana but the bottom line is she's a 135-pound Invicta champion, of course. Good fighter, no doubt about it, but she's a 135-pounder. Nobody at 145 wants to fight Chris Cyborg Santos. They can't get anybody that wants to fight her at the weight. I can't blame them. I mean, why would you want to step into the octagon with somebody you know that's probably going to behead you at the very minimal? Bottom line is, pound for pound, she's a monster, a monstrous, no doubt about it. Open phone lines around the planet, 1-800-878-PLAY. That's 1-800-878-7529. The guilt-free text line, 415-275-1613. That's 415-275-1613. You're tuned to Ring Talk live on Sports Byline and SB Nation Radio Sports.
5: Love daily fantasy, but
6: tired of being stuck on the sidelines? We have some great news. Now you can make picks live when the game is on TV, compete against other sports fans, and if you're right, win real cash and get to talk trash. Winview Games is a live sports prediction app that is sweeping the nation, and it's super easy to play. During the game, props are sent straight to your phone. You can compete in tournament-style contests that are available every quarter. Winview also has a $12,500 jackpot during the NFL playoffs called The Perfect Game. It's a winner-take-all prize if you get each prop right during the quarter. So put your sports obsession to better use. Go to winviewgames.com slash predict to start cashing in on your sports IQ. That's winviewgames.com slash predict. $20 first-time depositors get a $20 playthrough match. Winview Games. When the game is on, it's on. Ladies and gentlemen, referee Mark Goddard has
15: called a stop to this contest at one minute, 48 seconds of the third round. Declaring the winner by knockout
9: Yoel, Soldier of God, Romero. All
15: right, ladies and gentlemen, your main event winner. We are here with the Soldier of God, Yoel Romero. Congratulations on an epic victory here tonight. Your thoughts on the fight, sir?
2: On um, the fresh, The first I want to say is thank you, God, for everything that you give me in my life. I want to say I'm so sorry for Robert Whitaker. Normally, he is he's the guy where he stay here, but that's the plan for God. And And the second, I want to say... I'm so sorry for the cold away, so bad for me. That's the the, the first time in my career when I can't put uh, my my body down. That's uh, what I want to say. Thank you for everybody coming tonight. Yoel, you fought a very smart fight tonight. Was this the fight you expected against Luke Rocco? Yeah. You know, Rocco is a very good athlete, amazing fighter. You know, he's a, a champion, to striped champion for the UFC. He needed respect. And I'm very, I'm very happy because I fight. And, and, and this time I fight with the, everyone for the, the best in my, in my division.
15: I know you're disappointed we don't have a belt for you here tonight. But this is a huge win against Luke Rockhold. Got to think at some point you're going to have that UFC gold around your waist. Yes?
2: Thank you, Dana. Thank you, UFC. Thank you, Donna. For, I want to say this girl... This guy this is amazing. He pushed me every day. And, and my last time when I got away, he go with me in the sauna. He pushed myself. Thank you, Donna. One of the best in the world. An honor to watch you
15: perform tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, the soldier of God,
3: Yoel Romero. What can I say? He put up. He didn't. He put up and he he brought it, man. No doubt about it. Of course, there was no flying knees this time. And, The guy landed a left cross, and then, of course, he followed up with a punch on the ground. It was one of the most, uh, how can I put this? It was an exclamation mark type of knockout. Boom. I mean, there's no doubt about it who was going to win that fight. Once that punch landed, it was all over. Now, Yoel Romero didn't make the weight. He weighed in 188 pounds the first time, 187.3 in three quarters, I think, the second time. And I think he should be given a pass on the weight. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Pedro. You're the guy that, of course, that, that dog people for years because you had to make 139 pounds. You're the guy that made the guy go off and sweat off a quarter pound one time. Remember, yeah, I did. I'm hey, that's sorry. He was over. He was over. He stripped down naked. He was 139 a quarter. I know what they had done to me in the past, made me go out and run the weight off. So I told him to go out and run the weight off. So he had to go run off the weight off. Anyway, he ran it off. He still lost. But, um, yeah, I'm, I think that Yoel know, Romero should have been given a pass on the weight, at least a couple of pounds, because when you fly from <clears> – <throat> When you fly a long distance, you know, especially like from, from the United States to to Australia, you retain water. The flight makes you retain water. Some people retain more water than others. It all depends on on your physical makeup. Okay, but that's what happens a lot of times. In fact, when WBC, I believe, when the World Boxing Council would have would bring a, a, an opponent in at the last minute, and he was fighting like at 115 pounds or something like that, they would give him a two minute, a two pound weight allowance or something like that at the last minute because he was coming in at the last minute and he was flying in and that kind of good stuff, going through all these extremes to make the fight. I think the same thing should have done with Yoel Romero, but then again, you know, I wasn't the guy. And I didn't see Dana White down there as far as the UFC was concerned in Australia, so he might be starting to take a back seat now. Is that good? I don't know. Co-main event, I talked to you about it, the slow and Samoan, the hometown favorite. We'll hear from our guy in just a minute, Curtis Razorblades out of Chicago, Talker, big guy, wrestles, uh, punches people, does I mean he's a good he's a good thug. He's a good thuggy fighter. And I like the way that he, he sort of goes out there. He's disciplined. I mean, when I say thuggy, I don't mean he's he's like undisciplined. He's he's disciplined. He goes out there, he does his thing, he gets his point across, and guess what? Mark Hunt. Mark Hunt landed a couple of decent right hands early on, but after that, <clears throat> it was nothing but razor blades eating up Mark Hunt. Mark Hunt, 43 years old now. Probably should think about retirement. I mean, you take punches like that in a heavyweight fight, I don't care if you're Samoan, Tongan, however you are, if you've got a face of stone, whatever it is, man, those punches are going to add up some point at some point in time. The residual effects are not going to be pretty. Anyway, Mark Hunt lost across the board 30-26 to 26 twice in 29-27, meaning one judge gave him a round while the other two judges uh, called one round 10-8. Mm. At the end of the day, Mark Hunt needs to retire. Tie? Tula Vaisa, another guy, of course, from that, from that same era of the world. Talk about New England and uh, – New England. New Zealand and Samoa. Um, he's take, he took on Cyril Asker and knocked him out with a TKO. Of course, that was a minute. Take it back 218 in round number one. Jake Matthews beat Ling Jingling. Ling Jingling lost. Lee, what happened? That name, man. Lee Jingling. you lost unanimous not across the board. And he lost by four points on two judges' court cards and by uh, one point on another. Interesting, huh? and one judge had it 29-28. So two rounds of one, according to one judge. The other judges had it three rounds of zip plus an extra point. Interesting how two different different men or two different individuals look at the same fight from the same uh, arena and get different perspectives. Anyway, the greatest name in all of combat sports right now, can we give it up, baby, for Tyson Pedro? That's right. Back in the winner's circle, but I predicted this. It was an easy win for him. Saparov, Safarov, of course, hadn't fought since 2016, and he was knocked out then, so there was no time for him to rebuild his confidence or anything like that. Hadn't fought in, like, almost two years, so they brought him in to fight Tyson Pedro, who was an Australian, believe it or not, a big Australian favorite down there. So Tyson Pedro stops him in 3:54 into the very first round with a Kimura, and you've got to give Tyson Pedro some, uh, some props for his name. But as far as his ability to fight is concerned, I think it's still a little bit... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, put it this way. There's a lot of gray area there. Put it just put it just put it like a lot of gray area in the light heavyweight MMA career future of Tyson Pedro of Australia, even though he was a winner last night and he has won all, but one five, something like 11 and one. Anyway, uh, the Korean sensation, Dong Hun Kim was a winner. He beat Damian Brown with a split decision. Uh, one judge had it 29, 28. The other judge had 29, 28 as well. But One judge had it for one guy, two judges had it for the other guy. That's why you have this split decision. Kim had two judges, uh, Israel, uh, Adesiana was a winner over Rob Wilkinson Alexander Volkanov- Volkanovski was a winner over Jer- Jeremy Kennedy Jessier just, just Formiga beat Ben Wynn maybe time for Ben Wynn to go Ben Wynn was a good fighter at one point in time but he's pop- pop- populate, uh, populating the undercards now and if you're losing under, on the undercards it's probably time to find another day job anyway a loser via rear naked choke technical submission minute and 43 seconds into round number 3 the rest of the fighters on the card, you wouldn't know if I mentioned to you because I don't know them, and I'm looking at these names. Of course, they're trying to bring new people up. They're trying to rebuild this brand, per se, bring it around the world, make it the international thing it is. Of course, they'll be going to Brazil. Uh, they'll have been. they be going back to Brazil in May. Of course, the uh, Rio de Janeiro, the site of USC 224. But in between that... They'll be in London on May 17th for Reese Verdeum, the former World Heavyweight Champion Action, UFC Fight Night on Fox TV. That's March 17th, the O2 Arena, of course. But the big card that I'm excited about, and the only reason I'm excited about this is one fighter in particular, just one fighter, and it's a girl. She's a female. I'm talking about Chris Cyborg Santos, who my producer says he would fight her anywhere but on the planet Earth. Anyway, ha, Chris Cyborg Santos is going to take on Yana, Kunisaya and Kunisaya can fight a little bit, no doubt about it. But, you know, Chris Cyborg Santos has to be going into this, at least in my mind, a four or five to one favorite. If you're a four or five to one favorite in combat sports, that's like a prohibitive uh, favorite, no doubt about that. So she's got a lot to bite off here. Can she handle the first and second round? Holly Holm couldn't. I mean, Holly Holm took that heat early on, ended up going the distance, but, you know, she realized she couldn't respond. That kind of firepower, man. Chris Cyborg Santos, the real deal. Speaking of the real deal, two guys are the real deal. The co- co-fe- the co-feature, of course, of this card, Frankie Edgar fighting at featherweight now, the former lightweight champion taking on Brian Ortega. Brian's cool man; he's undefeated, got that style to him. He's flashy. I mean, man, Brian and Brian and Frankie—they're going to bring it. This—they're taking it back. There's two fights on this card I want to go for because the rest of this card just sucks. It just does. If you want to pay 70 bucks for two fights. That might be worth the Cyborg, and Yana, and Frankie Edgar, and Brian Ortega. But the rest of the card, I don't know. Kat Zagano, I don't know. Stefan Struve, I don't know. Stefan Struve and Audrey Arlovsky, Stefan Struve's only claim to fame. He beat current world heavyweight champion Stip Miocic one time. But if there were a fight again, he'd get licked like a stamp. You are tuned to the MMA Hour live on Sports Byline and SB Nation Radio Sports.
15: Ladies and gentlemen, after three rounds, we go to the judges' scorecards for decision. The judges score the contest 30 26, 30 26, and 29 27 for the winner by unanimous decision, Curtis Razor. So the winning ways continue for the heavyweight contender, Curtis Razor Blades. Congratulations. I know you've got a lot of respect for Marcot. Your thoughts on the fight?
6: Hey, he came out
15: like he knew he was. Swing for the fences. They're gonna knock me out. He caught me early. I learned my lesson. Went back to my takedowns, ground and pound. You landed a personal best 10 takedowns in the fight. How hurt were you early, and when did you feel like you had fully recovered? I was hurt for about 20 seconds. I'll recover when I get that next takedown. I'd imagine this is a big fight for you, not just the win, but the experience of dealing with that adversity and coming back and dominating the final two rounds.
2: Yeah, uh, I know Australia's gonna root for the hero, no offense, but I came to win and I did what I wanted to
15: do. You certainly did that. You're likely gonna be in the top five when the rankings come out next week. Any idea who you'd like to see next inside the Octagon? Don't care, but I wanna be in Chicago. Let's go. Put me in Chicago. I want this feeling. I want this. You have certainly earned it. Safe trip home, ladies and gentlemen. Your co-main event winner, he is Curtis Razor
1: Blades.
3: What a name. You had to put that razor in there. Curtis Blades, you had to put razor in there. We Curtis. We're going to call him Butterknife, Butterknife Blades. Bottom line is, Curtis Razor Blades was pretty sharp last night. Nine, nine and, nah, now 9-2 as a professional as far as the world of mixed martial arts. Now, does he have a future at heavyweight? Listen. All of these guys are the future heavyweight because anybody over 200 pounds, you can hit somebody on the chin, something's going to happen. That's what makes the heavyweight division and the big boys so popular. And really, you know, I call them the undisciplined uh, sect, the undisciplined division of boxing and MMA. And why do I say that? Because, you know, MMA, they're given a 265-pound weight limit, but in boxing, I don't think there is a weight limit. In fact, we had that. That uh that Russian that weighed close to three hundred pounds that, that Don King tried to get me behind. It was pretty hysterical. Can't remember the guy's name was Volk or something anyway. Bottom line is we're in LA at the uh at the Funda Center, and Don King says to me, I'm gonna get you an interpreter to interview this guy, and the guy was like seven feet two inches tall, and the guy was a lummox. The guy couldn't fight, he couldn't talk. Anyway, the bottom line was not too many guys seven feet tall can fight to begin with. Anyway, looking at the uh the fact that Blades, of course, had lost to Francis Ngannou. Ngannou, of course, coming off the tremendous trouncing he took at the hands of Stit Miocic a fortnight ago, of course, looking for a comeback. This might be a good match in which to eliminate Francis Ngannou from the heavyweight division forever because I think if he fights Blades again, he's been exposed. I mean, Blades needs to take him down. That's what Blades did well. Blades took people down. He took that... I mean, he kept taking Hunt down and down, and they must have taken him down like 10, 11 times. Okay? You keep taking guys down and controlling them on the ground like that, you don't have to worry about getting knocked out because guys aren't going to be able to hit you when they're sitting on their back or laying on their back. Anyway, at the end of the day, Curtis Blades is a guy to look out for as far as the heavyweight division is concerned. Now, get this First to Pro. First to Win Pro is a uh, new MMA brand, and they're in my neck of the woods. That's right, they're here in Northern California. In fact, they threw a card last night. And of all places, Oakland, California, and I didn't have a clue. I'm sorry, I didn't have a clue. In fact, uh, Dr. Mike, not any of my MMA guys or anybody like that even, none of us knew. We just didn't know. It was like, it just took place. Anyway, Jake Shields, former strike force champion, of course, a UFC veteran as well. He was uh, out of San Francisco, California. He was in the main event, and he beat a guy with a a decision by the name of Kit Dale. Anyway, I don't know how much that means, but evidently there was $46,000 in payoffs made on this card. Fight to win, uh, fight to win. Pro Leadership reported that forty six thousand one hundred thirty five dollars was paid out in fighter salaries at the event. Whoa! I mean, you had guys they were on the card like Tyson Griffin and Ramsey Niham. Okay, some UFC vets, Shields, all these guys. Only forty six grand in money in all these fights. Where these guys getting three or four thousand bucks a crack? Yes, that's what they were getting. That's what's so sad about the world of mixed martial arts. If you're not on the top, you don't have your own contract. If you're not Conor McGregor, you're basically a prostitute. And you're going to be pimped off in the manner in which the USC wants to do you. Why do I say that? Because think about it. The USC chooses your fights. They set the ratings. They pay you what they want to pay you. None of this is really negotiated until you get to a point where you can say, guess what, I'm on the driver's seat right now. Of course, I'm talking about Tyrone Woodley, the current world welterweight champion, having his issues saying he would fight this guy and fight that guy. We're going to fight Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor. He doesn't know what he wants to do. I mean, come on, man. Dana has no control. Dana has no control over Conor McGregor, and that's Dana's problem right now, is that he won't strip Conor officially of the title because he's afraid if he strips him officially, he sort of says he has, but then he sort of crosses his fingers and winked his eye. Okay? But if he strips him officially, Conor's going to do what he's threatened to do this week, just sit out his contract. I'm not going to fight anymore. I don't have to fight anymore. I made $100, 100 million bucks pulling off the con of the century with uh, with Floyd Mayweather. He and I pulled off the con, That's right, the greatest con of all time. You know it. No greater con ever. Come on. When an MMA guy, a guy that's, put it this way, I'll I'll, I'll I'll reduce it to painting the house for you. You're painting your house, right? Your house is getting painted. Half of the house is being painted by a professional painter. The other half is being painted by a professional plumber. They're both sorted in the same, same uh home improvement type of trades, right? But they're totally different. Same thing as boxing and MMA. I'm just telling you like it is. So when Conor took on Floyd Mayweather, although Mayweather was a, a shell of his former self, 40 years old, all that kind of good stuff, you know, I don't know. It just really wasn't a fight. I mean, Mayweather sort of pounded on him or, or sort of outboxed him. Floyd didn't even spar for the fight. His hands were in such bad shape. He didn't spar for like four or four, five weeks leading up to the fight. He did everything on bag and mitts and that kind of stuff and the cardiovascular work. That's how Floyd Mayweather beat Connor McGregor, of course, making, what, $350, $300, 400000000 million. Some people say, of course, Conor supposedly guaranteed $100 million. Now Dana White wants him to come back and fight for what are essentially peanuts because, you know, he's not going to get much more than 4 or $5 million bucks to defend his UFC title. UFC's not into paying people like money. Come on. They paid they paid a couple of million dollar paydays, but not too many. They're pretty stingy when it comes to rolling out those seven figure checks. Anyway, now Connor McGregor is saying saying he won't fight again until the uh until his contract is up. And on the flip side of that, my boy, not really my boy, but I knew him when he was a kid. I'm talking about Floyd Mayweather. I knew Floyd before anybody knew Floyd. He was just he was Floyd Mayweather's son. He was like a kid, 10 years old. That was, about, that was the first time I remember seeing him in Vegas. He was like 10, 11 years old. And, um, you know, he developed into the personality that he became. Of course, the fighter that he became, the boxer that he became, and made the money that he accomplished. I mean, nobody's ever done stuff that Floyd's done as far as turning the pay-per-view cranks concerned and more power to him. So now he sent a tweet to Conor McGregor saying, guess what, Conor, I can beat you in an MMA fight. I mean, is this getting preposterous or not? Next thing you know, Scott Cuddy is going to be challenging Anthony Joshua for the heavyweight championship if Joseph Parker pulls out at the last minute. It ain't happening. It just ain't happening. And I can't believe that. Anyway, Conor, all the, all, all the best of him, but him and Floyd fighting in a cage, come on, that's a bigger farce than, than, than them fighting in a boxing ring. At least in a boxing ring, we knew, knew some, we knew somebody wasn't going to get that severely hurt because the referee was going to protect them, there's no doubt about it. The referee knew when it was time, when Connor was gassed, he couldn't fight anymore, you know, the referee stepped in, stopped the fight, fight was over, or the exhibition was over, call it what you want. But Connor versus Floyd in the cage, man, that is, that's, that's partial. That's just partial on my mind, no doubt about it. Let's take a look at the top 10, <laughs> making the top 15 pound-for-pound ratings in the world of the UFC. And, of course, I always laugh about this because they're so prejudiced and they're so biased against their hometown boys. Demetrius Johnson, of course, the world flyweight champion, 125 pounds, ranked number one. The aforementioned Conor McGregor hasn't fought in the UFC in better than two years. He's ranked number two. Cormier, the current light heavyweight champion, although he got knocked out in his prior fight, uh, the fire, prior fight to uh, being Volcan a fortnight ago, when he got knocked out by John Jones. Steve Miochuk, the current world heavyweight champion, number four. Max Holloway, the world featherweight champion, number five. He's injured right now. George St. Pierre, the uh, retired, I I don't know, world middleweight champion, former world welterweight champion. He's sort of at number six. TJ Dillashaw, world bantamweight champion, number seven. Tyrone Woodley, the aforementioned world welterweight, 170-pound champion, is number eight. Chris Cyborg Santos, the monstrous at 145 pounds, is number nine. Number 10, Tony Ferguson, the current 155-pound champion that's not named Conor McGregor in the UFC. And, of course, Cody Garbrandt, the former uh, world Bantamweight champion, 135 pounds, is number 11. Number 12, Whitaker, the 185-pound champion out of Australia. That is, of course, that was hurt. He beat Romero before. He was supposed to fight last night and didn't fight. Of course, the bottom line is Whitaker and Romero. is going to be a rematch, I think, at 185 if Romero can make the weight. Number 13, Amanda Nunes. Now, what's sort of funny about Amanda Nunes is she's the world Bantamweight champion, who I think is just, just she believes her own hype. She fell into the Ronda Rousey trap. She leaves all that BS, I'm telling you, because she ain't that good. She's not all that good. I mean, yeah, she's beating some decent girls, but she was supposed to take on Chris Cyborg Santos, and she got smart. She was moved from 135 to 145. Man, Cyborg would send her home back to Brazil or Florida, wherever she was, in a, pinned, in, a in a pine box. That's how good Cyborg Santos is when it comes to fighting a man Amanda Nunes. A pine box. Number 14, Khabib. The uh, current world, lightweight, rage, 155 pounds. Of course, he's a guy that everybody thinks is a man at 155, but Connor wants no part of him. No wonder. And Joanna J is number 15, and Joanna J is what I'm all pissed off about. You know why? Because Rose Nahumonis beat her and knocked her out, and Rose is not in the top 15, but Joanna J is. What kind of crime is that, folks? That is criminal. If that's not criminal, I mean, if that wouldn't hurt your ego, if that wouldn't, I mean, hey, man, guess what? I'm the world champion. Let's look up the ratings. Uh, You're not there, but the girl that you knocked out, she's there. What does that mean? It means the world of MMA is biased against women, as are the politicians in Washington, D.C. What did the White House say? We would rather believe the men that are accused than the female accusers, even though you've got black eyes and cigarette burns and stuff like that sick world you're tuned to the mmr mmr live on sports byline and sb nation radio sports
0: want to fly somewhere looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets then call that's right call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere If you're one of the millions of Americans who can't work because of a serious injury or illness, you may be eligible for disability benefits from Social Security. Receiving benefits is your right. It doesn't matter if you've applied before and the government has said no. Let the experienced attorneys at Bill Gordon and Associates help you get the Social Security disability you deserve. Their team of attorneys have been fighting for benefits for people just like you for over 20 years. And best of all, they are no fee until you receive your benefits. There are many conditions that make you eligible, including some you may not even be aware of. So if you're disabled and unable to work, call Bill Gordon & Associates today for your free no-obligation consultation. See if you qualify for the Social Security benefits you need and deserve. 800-443-4996 800-443-4996 That's 800-443-4996
8: Allergy sufferers are hearing a lot of numbers these days about symptoms and relief. But the number sufferers want most is zero, as in zero nasal allergy symptoms. And nothing gets you closer to zero than Nasacort. Because unlike antihistamines that stop only one cause of your allergy symptoms, Nasacort stops more. And stopping more gets you closer to zero. For 24-hour relief of your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, choose Nasacort. It stops more of what makes you
3: miserable. Use as directed.
17: Quite an explosive finish to our main event tonight. Yoel Romero getting the win over Luke Rockhold.
7: Definitely, you know, he came out there. You know, he had to be patient in the beginning. I think he lost the first round. Luke was looking great, using a lot of jabs, using a lot of leg kicks, as you see right there. He was really taking his time, picking his shots high, picking his shots low. Yoel Romero had to be relaxed. He tried to explode a couple times right there. We saw him get four. Some success with this combination. He landed some good blows. Luke had to clinch him. Right here, another same thing. Blitz and punch in combination. He went to a position. He said, you know what? I need to calm down a little bit. When the shot comes, I'll see it. Right here, you see a slow-mo frozen shot. That's when he saw the shot. Dropped him down to the canvas. Finished up with the left uppercut. Boom.
20: Victorious in the fight. It was interesting because it seemed at times Luke was the one that was stalking him. And I thought to myself from uh, from the offset, that's a bad idea. You want Romero to be the one coming towards you. So you can circle off, you can counter, because obviously he's a longer guy. I'd say the faster guy as well. Um, Romero did a great job, as we said before. He was always pressuring, trying to get him up against the fence and unload from there, of course, successfully in round three.
17: But that's interesting, because Tyron was saying before when we were trying to sort of uh, get a read on the fight right away, you were saying if you saw Luke come out uh, sort of aggressive quickly that was going to bode wet- better yeah. for him.
7: It's the difference between stalking someone and allowing them to get in the boxing range. You never want Yoel to be in that range, but you can stalk them aggressively with proper distance. That's what he was doing at first. As Mike said, he was using a kick, low kick, and he was angling off. When Yoel comes forward, it's time for Luke Rocco, straight left, right hook, angle off, and then maybe as Yoel's facing you, now that left high kick's coming towards the face, if he would have utilized that, he would have been way better off just standing there. Right here, when you stand in a static position in the front, even if you're
20: landing, you're in harm's way whether you feel like you are or not. And the hard thing for Rockhold is that Romero isn't a polished striker. He's very, very effective. We've seen him knock out tons of people. But as we saw there, when he swings, they're just coming from all crazy angles. You know, it's not clear, conformed boxing. It isn't double jab by hand, this, that. You know, it's not like that. It, it, it's madness. It's bizarre. He pushes the pace. He gets in your face. And he swings like crazy. And you don't know what angles they're coming from. Even Romero doesn't know because he just swings. If Romero doesn't know, how the hell is Rockhold going to know? Right. And that's the problem. When you work
7: with a boxing coach, they're teaching you one, 2 Exactly. exactly. Punch, slip this way, and if those traditional fundamental boxing techniques aren't coming forth, and you're getting some unorthodox a, a, overhead yeah. punches,
20: you might not be prepared for it. That's like when you spar sometimes with beginners, you have guys yeah. come in, they're and you get caught s- by shots, yeah. you like, whoa, hold on, that's not supposed to work, you're not supposed to do it, but yeah. you're expecting them to follow the rules, to follow the patterns, and when they don't follow the rules or patterns, you get caught, because you think, well, he threw that, and now he's going to throw that, but yeah. when they don't know what they're doing, by the way, I'm not saying Romero doesn't sure, know right. what he's doing, he's just what I'm saying is he's very unorthodox. But, to,
17: but, but he does Sort of attack in a straight line.
20: Yeah. No, of course, yeah. No, yeah. well, he has to. So, right. Yeah. So,
17: I'm saying at least you know it's coming for you.
20: Well, another
7: thing that's yeah. really well that we don't give a lot of credit for his defense is really good. Yeah. He, he doesn't really show a lot of emotion. You see yeah, the kicks yeah, come. Yeah. He parries a kick. He blocks his hand. He's doing the cross. George Foreman block, so his defense is a lot better than what you think. He does do a lot of Cuban, uh, Cuban boxing training. So when you yeah. look at him move, you know even when he's getting hit, he's not showing you the effects that those leg kicks are having or the body kick. He's really giving you that poker face. And when you hit somebody with everything you got and they keep coming forward, sometimes that's discouraging
20: to the person that's throwing the attack. I mean, we saw that Rocco, uh, sorry Romero, pardon me, going forward so aggressively. He actually lost his footing and almost fell over, but yeah. just carried on swing. He's just a ball of energy. we see him. Here- it was that left hand over the top at a really awkward angle. Kind of clipped him. It wasn't even a flush shot, but he just kind hit the top of the head. Uh, he went down, obviously, but maybe it was even off balance because it wasn't like a clear shot, but he went down. But the follow-up was beautiful. The follow-up was square on the jaw. Everything Romero had, boom, right up the pipe, square on the jaw, and he was out. It looked, yeah. you know, some people went, oh, the, the referee jumped in. He was out. Well, it looked it, like one of those pez, a pez candy um, tops. It was re-
17: over Overeem but just on the ground, not out in the open. It wasn't quiet. I don't Garni want to see anybody Wolverine. get knocked out it like was, that. That was pretty It was close. Really?
20: It, Come on. It was close. It was nowhere near. Garnier Wolverine, I'm sorry. That's because it was that, that, that fight was on the feet. That's what, That's what I'm saying. Was it was a different ground, right? position. Right. But, but, oh, the, the way but the way but the intensity went
17: back. The intensity. Yeah. Um, listen. I'll give it you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it anyway, even if you that don't give it. Take, yeah. Listen, uh, Tyron, we talk about Yoel Romero. Obviously, we know that his wrestling is so amazing. But today, we, he didn't even use yeah. it, right? Now, yeah. is that because Luke sort of has more ways to win the fight and is equally dangerous on the canvas as he is on the feet? And so it was better for Yoel to just stay on the feet?
7: No, wrestling for him is a functionality. Does he need to use a wrestling? If Luke Rocco was piecing him up and was take, you know, taking shots at him and he was getting hit and hurt, then maybe go for the wrestling. But... As as Bisming said, man, it takes a lot of energy. No matter if you from a wrestling background or not, it's still static, nonstop contact, trying to go for a position. And once you get the person down, risk versus reward. Are you going to be able to keep them down? Are you going to land some significant ground and pound with a referee want to get involved and stop the fight? I think he's smart. If he was in a position where he was getting outstruck by Luke, which I don't think he was, then maybe the wrestling would have came into play.
20: And let's remember, he missed weight by three pounds. So that, that, that tells me in itself it was a traumatic wake-up. Obviously doesn't go to plan if you miss weight by three pounds. Okay. Then he had another two hours where Rockhold was rehydrating, taking on nutrients, recovering from the wake-up, Romero was having a nightmare, you know, and we saw him two hours later looking like he was, he was very shaky on his feet. Um, you know, so he, he was aware of that. He knew what he went through. So of course I think that's partly why he didn't use the wrestling as well.
17: Well, after the fight, Yoel Romero did look like he was apologizing to Luke for missing weight. They, they seemed to have a moment together. Uh, he also, I don't did think apport- Luke
20: appreciated that. No, um, I don't think he so He didn't either. look in the best mood. Uh,
17: it has been confirmed by Dana White that Luke, I mean, uh, that Yoel Romero will have that rematch with Robert Whitaker, the champion, um, It's not a unification, obviously, because Yoel did not get the interim title tonight after missing weight. But, uh, T-Wood, how do you think that goes as we run it back for the second time?
7: You know, I think the first time was an extremely close fight. I think, you know, Robert Whitaker suffered some injury in that
12: fight.
17: Yes.
7: And he showed that he was resilient the same way Yoel Yoel Romero did in this fight. One thing that, you know, a lot of people aren't paying attention to is that Yoel had a hard time making weight, right? He came in three pounds overweight, Robert Whittaker is a former welterweight. I think he should really utilize that to his advantage. The fact that he's cutting less weight, he's going to be fresher, and really try to keep an extremely high pace on
20: Yoel Romero. That would be my key to victory if I was on Robert Whittaker. I'm really looking forward to this fight. The first fight, of course, we were all there in Vegas, and it it was amazing. It really was. It was one of the best technical, powerful, explosive middleweight fights I've seen in a long time. Of course, I was right there octagon side. Uh, Incredible fight. I think uh, in that fight, Romero tried so many takedowns. Of course, he gassed him rounds four and five. Maybe that's why he didn't try them tonight. You know, of course, there was the bad weight cut and all those things, what we said. But he tried a lot of takedowns in that first fight. I think in the rematch, we're going to see Romero try uh, uh, and attempt less takedowns.
17: Well, that's what I was going to ask, because we do know that, uh, to to your point, Tyron, that Robert, as a former uh, welterweight, is faster. Yeah. So, um... What, yeah, the, in terms of the plan of attack, the takedowns maybe were there to try to slow him down initially? No, I think,
7: I think, it's the, I, I think in, a, in a different perspective that if you look at Yoel Romero, uh, Robert Whitaker is the one that's coming with the unorthodox attack, to, the karate blitzes and coming from weird angles. So he felt the need, in that, in that case, once again, the functionality of wrestling to go for the takedown now, just the unknown, what angle is he going to come from? Is he going to switch hands? Is he going to kick me? Is he going to throw that left hook that he throws so well? So I think he had to utilize his wrestling in that fight just for the uncertainty in this fight. Luke was throwing some, you know, he was one-two, jab-jab-cross. But the cross, pace was I much get. slower tonight. Pace was much slower, slower. But, but, it, but it was fundamental boxing. You it could, wasn't unorthodox like Robert's gonna
20: be. You gotta remember in that first fight with Whitaker, Romero landed that uh, like, what do they call it? The oblique kick yeah, to the did. lead leg. Yeah. And it really messed up Whitaker's leg. So he fought the rest of that fight with a really badly injured knee. Yeah. And still had a fantastic performance. Now, of course, I doubt that's gonna happen in the rematch, but, you know, I can't wait for that one. It's gonna be great.
17: You know, Michael, it's funny. Uh, obviously, Yoel Romero, uh, you and he have had some words in the um but what what did you make of how sort of contrite he was tonight about missing the weight? Do you did you believe him
20: do you feel yeah no no listen as i said before I, I wasn't trying to rain on his parade you know nobody's madder at yo romero than what yo romero is simple as that he lost a, a big opportunity tonight he could have been the interim world champion right now that's a big deal of course 30 percent of his money went to luke rockhold as well that's gotta stay.
7: Yeah, it's more of a financial burst, as you said. Mm. Being the interim champion now makes the financial aspect different if he's fighting Robert. He's still getting the same fight. Obviously, he gave 30% of his Spurs, but I think mentally he's just kind of disappointing in himself.
3: Fox Sports, baby. Telling it like it is, UFC 221. God, it was a quick, quick, quick uh, take it back. The ending was, as I said, An exclamation mark. And if fights ended like that, there would be no controversy whatsoever as far as the world of combat sports are concerned. Now, controversy. She was controversial in the world of MMA. Now I guess she's going to be controversial in the world of the world wrestling entertainment. Ronda Rousey has signed a multi-year deal to perform with the company as a full-time professional wrestler, according to ESPN.com. Of course, Ronda's admitted this as well. Of course, she appeared at the Royal Rumble, their last big pay-per-view type of event. Uh, that aired on the 27th of January so on, on the uh, WWE Network. So want to give Ronda props and wish her the very best of luck. Of course, her days in the <clears throat> world of mixed martial arts were over once she got exposed. I mean, once she was exposed, once Holly Holm exposed her, that was it. It was all over. I mean, she never won to fight again. Think about it. She lost, she lost to Holly Holm, and she got beat up by Amanda Nunes, and she's not even talking about ever even fighting again in the world of – MMA is concerned. She's had her issues outside of the octagon or the outside of the ring. Call it what you want. Of course, she got married to Travis Brown. Right on. Power to her. More power to her. Of course, Travis Brown is the heavyweight that she ruined his career by telling him to do this and do that and train with this guy and train with that guy. He was a top-ranked heavyweight. Now he's just Ronda's husband. But more power to him for being Ronda's husband. Anyway, I think Ronda will make a mark in the world of wrestling entertainment. I just don't know what kind of mark it will be because she's only 135, 145 pounds. If you put a lot of weight on it, she should be 150 max. Anyway, at the end of the day, Misha Tate's going to join us, right? Her nemesis at 135 pounds in the world of the USC is probably going to join the world of wrestling entertainment as well. Misha Tate, Ronda Rousey, some type of tag team in the future in the world of professional. Take that back. I don't even call it pro wrestling, I call it sports entertainment. You are tuned to the Mighty Sports Byline Broadcast Network, SB Nation Radio Sports. We're talking mixed martial arts, open phone lines all around the planet. 1 800 878 play. That's 1 800 878 7529. The Guilfrey No Commitment Text Line. I mean, I I can't read a couple of these texts. You guys aren't too happy with what I had to say earlier. So it's 415 275 16. I can't read the X rated stuff. You know, I can't read that. 415 275 1613. That's 415 275 1613. And for Ronald Rousey to steal. Raw hot Roddy Roddy Piper is sort of stick there the hot rod type of thing. I thought that was a cheap shot, Rhonda. Nah, you'll never be Roddy Piper. You are tuned to the mighty Sports Byline SB Nation Radio Network coming to you live, of course, from the city by the bay, San Francisco, California. That's right, city by the bay, baby. Beautiful sights outside, just a couple of Box from Fisherman's Wharf. The Golden Gate Bridge is within the studio site here. Man, I'm just gifted. What can I say? We kicking it here on Sports Byline and SB Nation Radio Sports talking MMA.
0: You know,
3: in between commercial breaks, we have a snack machine here at the Sports Byline Studios. I always sneak in there and grab a bag of potato chips, right? And I run back in between commercial breaks. I'm stuffing chips. It's it's a habit. It's just a bit, I, I fight it until the very last break, but in the last break, I have to go get my potato chips there and my soda. I'm spoiled. Anyway, you are tuned to the MMA Hour here live on Sports Byline MMA Radio, of course. Um, let's talk about... The future of Yoel Romero. Of course, Robert Whitaker and he are going to clash, no doubt about that. I think Yoel will be able, be able to make weight next time. I don't think he'll be able to fly to another country. And for those of you that shot me, uh, is Felix here shot me this, this text. He says that, that it's preposterous to think that a guy shouldn't have to make weight because he flew across the world. The rest of the guys flew across the world as well. Yeah, I understand that. But some people's bodies, some, some individuals' bodies don't react the way that others do to travel. I've traveled with guys who have gained several pounds on flights traveling across the country, a couple, three pounds, okay? I've gained a few ounces. Big difference, okay? Big difference. So if you're flying from here to Australia and you gain an incredible amount of weight because of water retention things like that, I don't think it should be held against you at the weigh-in. Yes, the other guys made weight, but they're not Yoel Romero, so you can't blame it on Yoel Romero. I just don't think you can. Anyway... Um, I like the WBC rule. If you bring a guy in at the last minute, you fly him into like an incredible uh, place, like he used to fly guys in Japan. They'd be fighting for the 115 pound title, <clears throat> and they give him like 100 a two pound weight allowance. They let him fight at 117 and things like that, which I think makes a lot of sense. Anyway, Yo Romero, Robert Whittaker gonna hook it up probably in in July. I think that's gonna be the big fight. <clears throat> as of uh, USC Fight Week, concern, so international fight week in July. I think that's going to go down at the T-Mobile Arena, and that will be the July, part of the July pay-per-view. I'm just looking ahead to the future, and that's what I'd like to see. But anyway, anyway, speaking of the future, let's hope the future doesn't have Mark Hunt in it. Mark Hunt, of course, the slow and Samoan, the throwing Samoan. Don't call him what you want, but he's a done Samoan, and you can't take beatings like he take. he's taken time and time again and expect to be able to tie your shoes at the age of 55. He's 43 now. 43 years old now. Guess what, Mark? Time to go away. No doubt about that. Now, the World Heavyweight Champion, Stimiocik, going to take on Daniel Cormier. Not excited about that, although Cormier is a world-class heavyweight wrestler. Two-time Olympian, I believe, a a U.S. amateur champion several times over. I mean, he's the real deal wrestling. No doubt about that. But he's a smaller guy as far as stature is concerned, even though most of the fights he won, like, I think nine or nine, maybe 11 of his wins were at heavyweight. He'd be guys like like uh, Josh Barnett and Frank Mir. I mean, fights I didn't think he was going to win. People didn't think he was going to win, but he won them. Of course, that was that Force Grand Prix tournament. I got to give him all kinds of props, but fighting Stip Miocic for the World Heavyweight Championship. Well, Daniel, I think you've bitten off a little bit too much. And I think Stip Miocic is going to put you in your spot Dibby's going to stop you with body shots. going to wear you down. It's going to be all over. You're not going to do five rounds. And at the end of the day, you're going to go back to light heavyweight, have one more fight. That'll be with John Jones and retire. You are tuned to the Sports Byline SB Nation Radio Network. My name is Pedro Fernandez. I thank you so much for tuning in. Of course, we talk boxing and MMA. Boxing and MMA right here on the Sports Byline SB Nation Radio Network. In fact, you can go to our website, sportsbyline.com and check out all the different mma pro wrestling boxing shows when it comes to combat sports nobody covers combat sports like sportsbyline.com Till next time my name is pedro fernandez